recording. Forget that. Um, before I forget, because I'll probably forget. <laughs> but um, with the the Hebrew class, uh, I posted this on Learning Design, but um, I do have three official people signed up to come help us learn Hebrew as well. So we've got Linda Cherry, um, Carrie Mulestein, and um, Donald Perry um, that are going to to come guest for us on on one episode um it's gonna be really fun so uh, linda cherry is going to come on and help us um celebrate uh, shavuot or uh, leading up to pentecost um and kind of teach us about that uh, festival and and all that's there and everything um anyway it's going to be a, a fun lineup for that hebrew class and again they're all recorded and another thing that I wanted to mention with all of it, it my mom brought it up. She's like, holy cow, I hope I can afford all these books. <laughs> and yes, I, I do realize that there are uh, quite a few books to be, to be purchasing, but there is a, uh, a priority if you're on a budget. Let me show you which ones are. Okay, so of the, the seven week introductory course, um, this one. This is the one you're going to want. It's just the little uh, yellow one. Teach yourself to read Hebrew. This one, I mean, it's good, but if you're on a budget, this is the one to get for that seven-week course. Um, the, the Hebrew grammar, honestly, I, I think you'd need both of them. Uh, they're not as expensive, but they're both kind of necessary. The Hebrew vocabulary, both of them are kind of, if you're on a budget, I wouldn't buy either one of them. Um, we'll, we'll be sharing enough in class that you won't necessarily need these two. Um, so if you're on a budget, not completely necessary. Although if, if you do want to just get one or the other, this is the one to get the Hebrew word pictures. Um, I, I'll, I'll put that information on the, the website as well. But even if you don't necessarily want to register, but want to stay informed of the class and receive all of the recordings, et cetera, like still go through the process and register so that you put your email on my email list. Um, it, it doesn't matter if you come to class or if, if it's just not gonna work out for you. If you still wanna be informed, I'm not gonna badger the rest of the Facebook groups and stuff all the time with updates and everything. It's just gonna be pure and simple, that email list. If you want email updates, uh, register on there. And I'm not gonna like hold you to be like, oh, you're not coming to class very often. <laughs> it's all just to help notify you and, and keep you informed of stuff. Okay, sorry, <laughs> I digress. Again, probably for like the fifth time. So let's start lectures on faith. So lecture seven. We have got one of the funnest lectures tonight, I, I tell you. Um, so now that we've studied all of the ins and outs of obtaining faith, now what do we do with it? What are the effects that flow from it? Man, Lecture 7 is a powerhouse. Um, if, if you haven't had time to, to fully read it or, or fully meditate in it, I would highly recommend doing so because there is some powerful doctrines that aren't um, explained nearly as well as Lecture 7 covers them. So anyway, just opening it up, what are your guys' thoughts and testimonies on the effects on faith, the Lecture 7? Uh, did you have a fun time reading it or was it a boring snooze fest or, or what you got? I was mind blown, just completely 
the whole thing. Like I thought we were building up to something and now I feel like I need to start over again because like, I just, this is just a lot. I don't think I'm smart enough for this. <laughs> I don't think I am either. Like every page it. is like outlined and underlined and like, what? It's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's kind of like ordinances, right? Like we enter into them before we're ever ready to fully understand them. But yet, that's the process. The Lord fire hoses us with information, and then we grow into it. And, and that's the beauty of lectures. <laughs> it's fun. Right. But yeah, it's, anyone it's else's so, thoughts and comments? <laughs> it's oh, just so deep. And then there's just so many aspects of it that I the one thought that just kept coming back to my mind was no wonder the pioneers said that even with all their suffering they were so happy and mm -hmm. it's because they had so much faith but do we have to be stripped of everything to have that much faith like do we have to be that freaking cold without nothing to have that much faith is that what it's going to take or can we have that much faith without being stripped of everything with like no shoes and your feet are cold and you know you just buried your husband in the you know you had to just dig up some snow and bear I mean really does it have to be that bad to get that good that's how I felt but I just kept thinking that's why the pioneers were happy because they were so full of faith they left everything for heavenly father mm -hmm. But can you tell that. us how to do that without doing all that? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It was interesting. I was uh, listening to Avraham's apocalyptic commentary this week on the chapters where Isaiah goes naked for three years. And I, there's just, <laughs> like when you're saying they're just stripped of everything, even their shoes and stuff. And I'm like, well, at least they had <laughs> their they have clothes. <laughs> <laughs> because the Lord commanded Isaiah literally to go naked for three years and not just like just just stay home and be naked no like be out and about naked prophesying Some people like to be naked <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm not one of those <laughs> me neither but there, it, it is an important principle of sacrifice and now with kind of a, a Isaiah perspective uh, that vocabulary there humiliation to to go along with it to, oh, to to humble us it's not about humiliation as far as like you know in some of the context that we put it but but a truly humble submissive state and I don't know I I would venture to say that I don't know if we can get there without oh, deep descents. <laughs> I thought not being naked before. <laughs> now you're scaring me. You've been warned. We should have done a. a please don't listen to the lectures unless you're ready. I need to check back in at eight o'clock and see if it gets any better. <laughs> yeah, Leslie. Um, something that the Lord taught me this week which I think is so simple, <laughs> but I just didn't get it before, was that I don't necessarily have to go through all the decents that, again, like once you become a, aware of what you could learn from a past decent but maybe didn't, you can go back and retroactively 
uh, I don't have the word for it. I'm going to say apply it, but, but you can like resurrect what it was that you were supposed to learn. So you don't have to like relearn it in quotes. And um, so, cause if we piled up all of our descents, we wouldn't have any shoes and we wouldn't have a house and, and all of those things. And so we can, we can learn, we can learn from, um, because time is all past, present and future, all, all before God. And he, he is inviting us to bring us into that same state that he is in and, and collect the learning and the experiences and, um, so I think we're Kathy that we're we can we're doing better <laughs> than we know and we don't have to literally be naked all the time because we have had plenty of naked experiences, haven't we all? <laughs> Isn't that funny how in dreams that those are kind of two reoccurring dreams? Like we lose our teeth or <laughs> we show up to school and we don't have our pants on, like that that there's some. Uh, kind of imagery in uh, dream interpretation along that line too. I find that interesting. All right. So anybody learn anything besides nakedness? <laughs> just Maybe we just need to have dreams about nakedness so that yeah. we don't have to in yeah. real life. Just the dream of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you go through the descent phase in your sleep. I, I love that. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, so yeah, if we start pulling out some different scriptures here, let me get my screen working. I think the word faith just is like so all-encompassing. I guess I just never really put it all together that faith in itself is like so big and <laughs> is like the key to everything. Of course I knew it, but you don't know it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I really liked verse three. I think that there's quite a few interesting points in here, but the first one that stood out to me was when he's going through uh, these prophets, right? So God said, let there be light. Joshua spake, Elijah commanded. And <laughs> for a second, I was like caught back, like Elijah commanded that the heavens were stayed for the space of three years and six months. Like wait, wait, did I know that story? But then I read the rest of the sentence so that it did not rain. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I knew that story. <laughs> but for a second, I was really confused. But at the same time, I never noticed that it was for three years and six months. I mean, we have, you know, three and a half a lot in all of our timelines and, and everything, right? And I, I didn't quite put that together with Elijah. Um, but anyway, and then he commanded it to, to rain after that. Um, but here's the, the whole kicker that I had never understood from the lectures and, until today. But it says, if you have faith, you say these things. You say to the mountain, remove it, it will remove. You say to the sycamine tree, be ye plucked up and planted in the midst of the sea, and it shall obey you. Faith then works by words. I think that that was like the single most like, wait, did I know that before this lecture? Um, faith works by words, and with these words, its mightiest works have been made, and it will be performed. So going back, God said, Joshua spake, Elijah commanded, the Savior said, 
um, I, I found out one of like the, the biggest intriguing things that I am, um, <laughs> well, I haven't had time to necessarily apply it yet, but like it's on my list of things now. It's like, I don't think that I speak enough in my own life to affect the faith that I need um, for the miracles that I desire or, or need. And, um, you know, I find that a lot with, <laughs> I don't know, just random uh, examples, but like some people have a real hard time at like casting out. Sometimes they just want to be like, well, I'll just do it in my head. But like, I find that there's not a whole lot of power unless you're actually speaking the words. And I didn't realize that principle until this. And I'm like, oh, that's why it works. Like faith works by words. And uh, anyway, that was one of the, the biggest aha moments to me in lecture seven tonight that I had never got before. It's so good. Um, just scanning through some of the scripture that says, um, all call upon the Lord. Mm -hmm. I'll be using your words to perform miracles. And like, look at first vision, Joseph Smith, right? Where, I mean, he's, he's literally being overcome. His tongue is bound, but as soon as he can actually call upon, that's where the faith burns and 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 produces the faith necessary for life and salvation like i don't know i just never put it together and also did you say it's more than thinking it's words that have to come out of your mouth vocal mm -hmm. yeah and so one of my questions was that um so when faith is understood and spoken oh wait never mind that's a wrong I got my. Cameron, can I ask you a question before you ask us one? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, okay. I don't know if you want this to be recorded or not, but it's about your shoulder. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Okay. So was that out loud? You're casting out. Well, that's an interesting one because I was actually in the dream. That was like um, a part lucid dream kind of thing or whatever. So I. I I had never thought about that as far as um, this, like out loud kind of thing, but interesting question. I don't yeah, know. I, that was the first thing when you said that, that was the first thing that popped into my head. I went, oh, I wonder. Yeah. Wonder, wonder. After mm. that, think on that. Very interesting. Um, so this is my real question. <laughs> I was reading the wrong one before, but so is, and, and I don't have an answer to this. So is this why angels often communicate telepathically? Because words are reserved for faith. And I don't know. I, I've never thought about that before. And, I, you know, that might be just a dumb question, too. But it, it at least makes me ponder and like, oh, interesting. Um, let's see. This other question is really good, too. But let me figure out the context of it and we'll get to Good to that one. Just a second. Oh yeah. Okay. So verse five. That's where it's coming from. Um. I think I'm just going to read this whole verse because it, it kind of forms this whole context. So it says, "It is only necessary for us to say that the whole visible creation, as it now exists, is the effect of faith. It was faith by which it was framed, and it is by the power of faith that it continues in its organized form." 
by which the planets move around their orbits and sparkle forth their glory. So then, faith is truly the first principle in the science of theology. And when understood, leads the mind back to the beginning and carries it forward to the other end, or in other words, from eternity to eternity. And my mom was like, wait, doesn't that sound like the the vision, like the, the cosmic vision, the panoramic vision, the, the vision of all, or whatever you want to call it. Like when people get to a point when they are caught up and shown the vision of all the inhabitants of the earth, is that what it's talking about? So then faith is truly the first principle of the science of theology. And when understood, leads the mind back to the beginning and carries it forward to the end or in other words, from eternity to eternity. And so my question, kind of along that, so when faith is understood and spoken and the calling and election is received, does the panoramic vision naturally unfold because it, it can't be veiled anymore? Because when understood, it actually leads the mind back. That's, that's an eternal law. I had never even wrapped my head around that idea before and I was like huh another thing I don't necessarily have an answer for it but like what an interesting point to ponder I'm <clears throat> guessing that's true Cameron because um Elder McConkey said that there are those that have received their calling election made sure but they haven't received the second comforter because they lack faith yeah. mm. interesting context there yeah, I, I just love lecture seventh now. Like, holy cow. I know all of them are my favorite. Lecture five is probably still my favorite, but like <laughs> lecture seven has some deep stuff. And I don't think I would have ever understood any of it, it, it the way that I do now without a proper understanding of Isaiah. I think Isaiah is the key that unlocks so many things in the restoration with joseph smith etc uh anyway it's very interesting and you remember our, our discussion about why we have the um panoramic vision yeah go for it no you go for it <laughs> don't you try to pass it off to me all right i'll go with it <laughs> But everything has purpose, you know? And we were just wondering if maybe this was it because it starts back in premortally. And so we're wondering if you're shown the panoramic vision to show you all the people, especially the ones you're gonna be in contact with that you have influence over and you see them as they were premortally, you see their stature and and you see what they're like and you see throughout the life uh, where maybe they took detours and different things. And But anyway, you get to know them so that you can reach them to help save them. Anyway, we just wondered if that's not part of it. 
because like all spiritual gifts right like everything that's given is given for a purpose it's not just to be consumed on our lusts like oh yeah i just want to see christ so that i can see christ and be best buds it's not a lollipop and a pat on the head it is to fulfill the mission to to gather israel to get all of his children back right and so it's just an interesting thought of like why is the panoramic vision given and what's its purpose it's not just like hey now that you've completed the whole video game now you get to to watch the whole movie it it has to be for a purpose kind of thing and i just thought that was a very interesting concept to maybe think about of oh you're given this because it's your next instructions now go and minister to all of these people that you just seen um i, I don't know anyway it, possibility i don't have an answer on that either is there a record of a prophet seeing people like individual people that they're supposed to minister, minister to yeah the entire scriptures well, <laughs> every prophet has a panoramic vision and they are always recording it every single one i understand that they've seen all things but like to zone in on one person oh yeah, yeah yeah that that is the panoramic vision it's not a panoramic vision of all it's a panoramic vision of all the inhabitants of the earth like they see everyone just as christ seen them in gethsemane that's that is the vision they, okay. they see all of the inhabitants of the earth so and, was this this in the chapter i'm lost i'm like totally confused what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> so is this something in the chapter that I miss, or is this something that you're taking from something else? Um, no. So in verse five here, um, to do the last part of verse five here, when so then faith is truly the first principle in the science of theology. Right. And when understood, so when we finally understand faith, it does something, and it leads the mind, mind back to the beginning beginning and carries it forward to the end or in other words from eternity to eternity and my question is is this talking about the panoramic vision or is there something else that this is alluding to like what is verse 5 saying and then yeah we kind of went on a little tangent from there but um that's where <laughs> we we tried to base it from <laughs> okay i just didn't know if i missed something oh no you're good i thought you were talking about the like the video you watch after you when you pass that video you watch of your life i thought that's what you're talking about and then i was all of a sudden like oh no that's not what they're talking about <laughs> so i just got lost for a minute sorry oh yeah gotcha okay can um, i say uh, say something sure. yeah so on when you're talking about that right there on the um the uh the faith portion of it mm -hmm. So on my, okay, I'm going to read it to you because it's from my, um, it's in my patriarchal blessing that says, there are many gifts of the spirits which you are entitled. You have a testimony and know that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Today, today that testimony is built on faith, but it will grow to knowledge as the Holy Spirit penetrates your system and gives you this, this, the assurance, assurance that Jesus is Christ and that he gave his life for you. You will see miracles pre performed because of you, because you have great faith as a queen in God's kingdom. So That's that. 
when you just, you know, that just clicked with that there and went, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we get those kind of aha moments, right? Where it's like, it says that you will see the sick healed, the blind will see, the deaf will hear, and the lame will walk. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that, that's a very powerful promise and, and mission in, in your patriarchal blessing in, in your life. Yeah, that's huge. I love it. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, big and kind of scary at the same time <laughs> yeah i find most of them are right <laughs> like, oh dear <laughs> i there because we almost can only see where we're at right now right and you're like oh i don't know if i can do that <laughs> but um it's interesting how uh, president nelson keeps blessing us with courage um as we were studying his words courage to um to find our missions to to fulfill our missions and, and all of that like uh, yeah we can do this we were sent at this time and um what what a wonderful powerful blessing yeah i'm thinking of prayer and i haven't had <laughs> i don't know i've been not great at vocal prayers i um vocal private prayers. I'm just, you know, wondering what, how my vocal prayer life, how my life, my prayer life would be shaped if I were to have a lot more, um, a lot more, because a lot of faith is expressed in, in prayer and, and how, what would happen ultimately? I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that there's so much untapped potential on a on a regular basis, because like sometimes we have like extraordinary prayers and it was just kind of like, oh, where'd that come from? <laughs> but um, that I personally underutilize prayer so much. Like there's sometimes when I, I'm just in a rigmarole, like it's a busy week and, and sometimes it's just not a, a full heartfelt prayer or sometimes there's times when I just kind of almost forget to ask for, for some of the blessings that I need, you know, I just kind of assume, or I don't know, like, but like you said, just vocalizing actually, not just in your mind, but actually saying things that, that need to come to pass. Um, I think that there might be a lot of untapped, untapped potential there. Uh, I'm excited. So you'll, you'll bear your testimony next week on that, right? <laughs> so is there a way just to kind of have a continual conversation throughout the day uh, with, with heavenly father just yeah I, by the I way you live your life and, that, and your but... thoughts and and what you do and sometimes yeah. i get answers and and i'm talking when i'm not like formally formally praying mm-hmm yeah, I've had a couple experiences where I was like trying to pray all day, like have a prayer consistently in my heart or whatever. And then it was revolutionary, but yet it, it's also kind of exhausting at the same time. Like it, it kind of drains you a little bit. And I don't know why it's so infrequent in my life. I really should do it all the time. But um, but yeah, there there is great power in 
a continuous conversation with with God in in that way. Why are we so mortal? <laughs> and we have like these aha moments. Like I, I'm just thinking how much I, I feel right now of the truth of all these things that that y'all are saying and stuff. It's like, but tomorrow I'm gonna be right back where I started, and I'm gonna have to learn these things over again, kind of thing. It, it's just, it's such an interesting process of of perfection in this mortal body that's so weak. Can I say one more thing? And my phone is gonna die, so this will be like the. <laughs> so I'm saying goodbye <laughs> my charger is in my car my car's gone um is after my husband passed away <coughs> and Christ and my husband all the time and my spirituality was just it was uh tremendously full and and um, I went on a, a, a vacation, um, <laughs> vacation. I went on a, a short trip and it was a road trip. And as we were driving back, returned and went, started to turn onto our street. And it was like our, my home was glowing because there had been so much praising of God and talking with him and my, and my husband too, that it, it really even, it, not only did it have an effect upon me, but it had an effect on my physical dwelling. And so I thought of that when you were talking about how the, the, those couple of times that you prayed all the time, I think it's, it can be even more than praying. It can be just any sort of communication. And those weren't even uh, vocal for the most part. So I am so excited to experiment with this. So anyway, I'm going to say goodbye. So. All right. We'll see you. I'll put the last, uh, the recording later. Bye-bye. See you. Yeah, Kathy. I think that I have shared this story before about my friend that was dying in the hospital. I think I think I shared it with you guys, but yeah. um, I kind of wanted to, sh I, I think this is kind of clicking. So um, I, I'll go back and just tell a story really fast. But I had a day where I had like a three hour block that, uh, cancellation. And I had this prompting to go see this lady named Mary who had been sick for a long time. So I hurried and went over to the hospital and I <clears throat> asked if I could see her and they said no. And uh, I said, well, will you make, will you um, just make sure because um, I know she doesn't have any family here. And they said, oh yeah, I guess you can go up. So I went up and when I walked in, she was like, Kathy. And, and I said, hi. And she says, you're gonna lose one, one of your customers. And I was like, oh, that's okay. I, I said, I just came to see how you're doing. And, and I, they kind of told me that they had her on morphine and they didn't expect her to live very much longer. And um, I was just holding her hand and there were two other ladies there and I, she was talking and then all of a sudden she was kind of going, going out. And, um, I just kept sensing that she was really scared. And I said, are you scared? And she said, I am terrified. I'm terrified to die. And I said, oh, don't be scared. There will be people there. Your mom or somebody you love will be there to help you. And she said, they will. And I said, yeah. And, and I kept having this prompting to say a prayer, an out loud prayer. 
but I, and kind of like release her, but I was like, I can't do that. I don't have the power to do that. And, um, I kept pushing it, the spirit back. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't know these people. I didn't know anybody in the room. I only knew Mary and she was dying. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that. And then I kept, you know, I just kept having this feeling. So finally I just put my hands on her and I just said an out loud prayer and just said, please help her to pass um, easily. And please help somebody to meet her so she won't be scared. And I don't even know what I said. And I was kind of hoping that other ladies would like put their hands with me or like like say amen or somebody. Nobody said anything. So I just felt like this absolute fool. But she she passed right away. Like she was just gone. Like she went fast. And so I like took a ton of courage to do that. Usually I'm pretty, you guys know I'm pretty outspoken, but it took a ton of courage for me because I was like, I didn't feel like I had the right or the ability or I did have the faith, but it just was kind of scary. And that's one thing. But then then you read and that's how you create worlds is like just to call it out and say, okay, now I like that's a whole nother level of faith. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I, I can see it, but then it's like, wow, like do we have that much power? You know, I don't know. That's a lot to kind of gulp. But then um, there was one other thing I wanted to, there was one other point I had. Anyway, I might have to remember what that part was, but just like, it's, oh, I know. It's like, I guess I have a really primary thought of our savior. I have a ton of faith in all of him and I know him, but I guess I never really realized how much faith it took for him because I thought he is, he was, he's human, but he's also a God. So I never, like I knew like his atonement and Gethsemane, I knew that was painful and, but I never really, until I read this chapter, realized it took him faith because I've always thought of him as part of God. I don't know. Do you guys know what I mean? Yeah, totally. This, all of the lectures have, have really kind of amplified, um, well, not amplified, um, kind of piggybacked on each other until uh, six and seven here, where it was like, oh, oh, I mean, how many times did it iterate it? But I didn't get it until here. It's like, wow, even God works this way. And, and we are gods in embryo and we're learning the basics of faith in order to to keep growing in that principle until we can do the same things that he did you know uh right. he didn't do anything but what he saw the father do and we have him as our exemplar of um what did it what phrase did it keep using but um that he is the pattern and he works by faith and so we to uh learn that that process courage too like that pair I get so much I was so scared I know but I the spirit wouldn't leave me it just kept saying say it say it say it and mm-hmm. like when you said you got to say it I was like yep it made me say it and even though I felt ridiculous but I think it really did work because she went fast I mean people can mm-hmm. be you know have that death rattle for a long time and people can I mean it was 20 minute total she was talking and 20 minutes later gone like that's pretty fast yeah, for sure. and I'm not 
saying it was me. I say, I'm just saying, I think it was Heavenly Father teaching me to have courage to do something that I didn't even think I had any right to do. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was like your Isaiah naked moment. I, you took courage I, and you're like, do it. And, and I promise it'll work out even though you might not understand it, but I need you to speak the words. And you might even feel really stupid while you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was kind of hoping they would like put their hands by me or say amen. They didn't say anything. Awesome. Like, oh, that was kind of awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that they were talking about it afterwards. They're like, know, like you know that lady that came in, she killed her <laughs> off real quick. like, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i have a feeling that you're going to have a lot of those experiences in your life yeah yeah, i do too and i think that the lady that you helped i i know she really appreciated it and i think you'll see her at some point in and she'll thank you for that she was just so scared. You should have seen her eyes. She goes, I am terrified. And I was like, oh, no, 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 don't be scared. This is going to be amazing. And she's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a new haircut. You come on out and you feel great. <laughs> You're going to be. <laughs> I've read all these books. I can tell you all about all the books. <laughs> I guess it's just following promptings too when we're prompted to share mm-hmm. our testimony you know when you're sitting in sacrament meeting and you don't want to get up and you don't even know what you're going to say but your heart's pounding you know you got to do it I think that's isn't that what it is mm-hmm. yeah get up share your testimony speak because like we learned from lecture two it is by human testimony and human testimony only that people know that there is a God to approach and then can faith start working in their life uh there's a lot of power that comes from testimony and sometimes we just bottle it up so much because we are just kind of nervous like oh i don't really know i don't even know how to say it i think a lot of us just look stupid Mm. but i'm getting used to it (laughs) (laughs) i think it's going to be the same when we do when we do need to use this faith the heavenly father will prompt us and teach us how to do it like either we'll see somebody else do it or he'll tutelage us to how to do it. Right. I don't think it'll mm-hmm. be like, okay, you got today's the day. You got to know how to do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like look at Moses and part in the Red Sea. I mean, that seemed ridiculous, you know, like, oh yeah, you led us into a trap. Now we're, <laughs> we're here. And he's like, no, I've got the power of God. I have perfect faith. I've, I've parted the veil many times. I can part this water. The Lord tells me, okay, instruction, boom, done. Oh, that was cool. <laughs> right. Yeah, we, we can do anything based on faith. If we just had the faith of a mustard seed, we can do all of it. If that. we're told to do it or shown how to do it or impressed to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. He's not going to just throw us in. Well, he, he would. <laughs> I was going to say throw us to the lions. No, he literally he will. Multiple times. <laughs> you might be put to a stake a burning stake (laughs) i I take back my my father no it's not him that's thrown to the lions he's protecting after you do that yeah right (laughs) oh well 
Um, verse 10 was uh, another favorite. Um, so the bolded part, it's the second half of there. Um, it's on this lines of, of Matthew 5, right? Sermon on the Mount, be perfect, even as your father who is in heaven is perfect. If any should ask why all these sayings of all these prophets that he's quoted here, the answer is to be found from what is before quoted from John's epistle, that when he, the Lord, shall appear, I mean, we're talking second coming, or are we? Are we talking sooner? Can it be advanced? When the Lord shall appear, the saints will be like him. If they are not holy as he is holy and perfect as he is perfect, they cannot be like him, for no being can enjoy his glory without possessing his perfections and holiness, no more than they could reign in his kingdom without his power. And I found that so interesting because so many times we just talk about, we, we procrastinate the day of our perfection. And this is saying, it, when the Lord appears, we're going to have to be like him. We're going to have to be one with him as he's one with the father in order to endure. And we can't just wait till that day going, oh, I think he, I think I hear him. Yeah. Okay. Now. Okay. Now I got to be perfect from here on out. I'm perfect. But no, we have to be there before then we have to be Zion until Zion's built in our own hearts and in our own communities, etc. We can't endure that kind of glory and that kind of perfection without ourselves being to that level kind of thing like anyway that was a very powerful verse to me on the the timing the like let's make haste and do this like we need to get this done already and uh not delay the the day of our repentance or the day of our perfection i think that that's a, a very interesting point being brought out in, in lecture seventh here I kind of just got that I should just throw all my food storage away. <laughs> I'm thinking the whole time, like, why do I even have all this crap? Like, <laughs> it's just going to get taken away anyway. Like, we really need to not have our heart set on having any of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting point <laughs> of self-reliance. I mean, because the, there is self-reliance, right? Like, yeah. But at the same time, if you're too reliant on yourself and not reliant on the Lord, there, you kind of have to throw the self-reliance away. I mean, when it gets to this point, it's got to be 100% faith. I think, I don't think, I don't know. I kind of think I've wasted a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's an important law that, that needs to be followed. And then there's, there's other things that come and other tutelage that, that happens through faith. And it's a very interesting process, isn't it? Just think by having prepared all this stuff, how many people you can help build. Help. Yeah, I just think we can't be too tight-fisted with it. Like we just can't be, I mean, have any prediction of what this is going to look like because so far none of it's turned out the way I thought it would turn out. Mm -hmm. And then just having faith that it's going to go the way it's supposed to. And let go, don't you think, Laura, just let go of the outcome of, like, help who help whoever you're supposed to, but let go of the outcome of what it's really going to do. Right. And, and my husband and I were talking about this this morning. Um, and the story of Elijah and the widow, 
and her, you know, if I could just put these stories together and say them right, but in her flour and her oil, when she gave that to Elijah, she didn't know that it was going to continue to be full. I mean, that's the faith we have to have that, mm-hmm. that we just need to move forward on that, that faith that the widow had, the faith that we see, the, the faith that we're reading about here tonight. Um, there was at the end of verse um, eight, it says, when men began to live by faith, they began to draw near to God. Mm-hmm. Faith is perfected. They are like him. And because he is saved, they are saved also. For they will be in the same situation as he is in because they have come to him. And when he appears, they shall be like him. For they will see him as he is. So about the food storage, I mean, I feel like that's something that I need to do to prepare because there's others around us that aren't building faith. They're going to be, they're, they're our loved ones. I mean, we love them, or even our neighbors. They're going to be frantic, but we can offer. Right. And know that we have the faith that, you know, if it's manna that needs to come or whatever needs to happen, the pie needs to show up in the, you know, on the trail or whatever it is, we'll take care of those people first before we take care of ourselves. And they'll see, by example, what faith is and hopefully develop it a way um, and be okay. Right. Yeah, I think that that verse eight is a it's good. perfect application for that. Yeah, you really study this whole chapter for months. I know. <laughs> like, I I think after our it might gonna be a while <laughs> after our topical guide study, we come back and revisit it because I think there's so much here and you know so much more that we've barely scratched the surface of too. Um, to to really understand uh, faith on ever increasing levels. We have to remember too, these, these men that were in the school of the prophets, they had distractions, but their distractions was mostly providing, right? Building and providing. Mm-hmm. They didn't sit down and watch TV at night or they didn't have these other, and I'm not saying that we do anymore, but those around us do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so try to like live the, the time that they were living. Let's get out of Babylon more, however that is. Mm-hmm. Having to have fabulous meals. I mean, that's something that we're not going to have in the future. We're going to have to figure out how to eat. Satisfy those, those hunger pains. And While we're naked. <laughs> yeah, right? Yep. No yeah. <laughs> um in verse nine this was another one of my favorites um because it talks about this saved versus unsaved so what is the difference between a saved man and one who is not saved we answer from what we have before seen of the heavenly worlds which i think is an interesting phrase right they must be persons who can work by faith and who are able, by faith, to be ministering spirits to them who shall be heirs of salvation. 
I, I, don't, I find this whole thing very interesting. I think we <laughs> spend a lot of time on it, but um, what does it mean to be saved? And it, persons who can work by faith, like President Nelson said, do whatever you can to hear him so that you can develop this kind of faith, right? And who are able by faith to be ministering spirits to those who are heirs of salvation. So like, I would venture to say, like, let's plug in some words. What are heirs of salvation? And, and why are heirs of salvation needing ministered to? I would say that one possibility might be ministering spirits could be 144,000 or even son servant level kings and queens of the Gentiles ministering to the elect of God who still need to be brought in safely gathered in like it, it was an interesting kind of play on words here in um, that this is the pattern we have before seen in of the heavenly worlds that one who is saved is one who is able by faith to be a ministering spirit to those who are heirs of salvation. Um, and it says one's faith has become perfect enough. Let's see, actually, let's read the whole sentence. And what constitutes the real difference between a saved person and one not saved is the difference in the degree of their faith. One's faith has become perfect enough to lay hold upon eternal life. This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. And the other simply has not. I, I find that a very interesting verse to, to, to ponder on as we are looking at um, just, just the future and, and what we personally can and need to do if um, we are to participate in the ministering to those who are heirs of salvation. Uh, that's a powerful principle, I think. So what I put in the margins to the side of that is like, oh, no wonder President Nelson changed, they changed from visiting teaching, home teaching to ministering. It's so that we can Definitely. learn it's faith-based. Mm -hmm. Or the other is not. The other, you're just checking the list, you know, going and I got that done. This is built on faith. It's faith-based. And I think, and I think we're also training for, you know, to help, you know, bring in the elect and stuff too. But anyway, that's, I, I agree. So I think that's what that verse spoke to me anyway. Mm-hmm. Kind of going off of that, another key word of, of President Nelson's is that hinge point, right? We see mm -hmm. that in verse 16. And I don't think it's totally unrelated. I think that we've got some interesting points there that correlate. Um, so it says, these teachings of the Savior must clearly show unto us the nature of salvation and what he proposed unto the human family when he proposed to save them. So that we're talking pre-mortal counsel to, to save the world. He proposed to make them like unto himself and he was like the father the great prototype of all saved beings and for any portion of the human family to be assimilated into their likeness is to be saved and to be unlike them is to be destroyed on this hinge turns the door of salvation when we're talking about the hinge point 
I, I don't know of any better way to describe my personal life in that era of like Rome dedication and stuff. That was a hinge point. Mm-hmm. And I really started looking into uh, Christ as my prototype and actually assimilating in a greater measure his attributes into my life. And I don't know that it just puts it in a, a whole new spin. When I read that tonight, I was like, oh, that that is so fitting for me personally on a, on a personal level here or whatever, but hinge. I think that that's an interesting That is so good. That is so, so, so good. When he said that, I knew in my heart that it was big. Mm-hmm. We knew, everybody knew that was really listening knew that was what he was saying was big. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you just hit it. Yeah. And who would have known that it would come from lectures on faith? <laughs> I want to know like President Nelson's personal study schedule, like what he was studying at that time. Like, was he studying like hinge from lecture the on hinge. that is amazing the hinge that turns the door of salvation mm-hmm. that's amazing it's very interesting there anyway anything else from from lecture seventh um that oh, out yeah. to you, you want to discuss i mean <laughs> well building on this that christ is the prototype and the standard of salvation he it's He's the first one that was saved because he was resurrected. He went through the the steps necessary to be saved. And it's interesting that he wasn't called the Christ until after the resurrection. So I think what that's saying is that, well, I've always known that Christ was a title or office, but I think that's what the the office is, is being saved. He's the prototype for the for salvation. I think that's what Christ means. Right. So help me with this. When I look through this this book, Lectures on Faith, I see scriptures just from the Old and New Testament, mostly the New Testament. You see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there how many where there's some Joseph Smith translation, but aren't they mostly from just the Old and New Testament? Uh-huh. Yeah. So um one of the, the main goals with lectures was to to be sending these out as missionaries, right? Getting them prepared and uh, endowed with power. But um to be able to speak the language of those that they were preaching to, they knew the Bible kind of a thing. And so there I I think that's my own opinion on why there might not be as much Book of Mormon verses in there. But uh, at the same time, uh, I think that that's kind of up to the um, the initiates in the, the schools, school of the prophets there to, okay, now here's some of the basics. Now uh, do your own word studies and, and find good Book of Mormon references and, and stuff as well to, to do that. But, but yeah, very interesting point. I was... Uh, very intrigued by that when I started noticing that pattern like wait a minute I mean here's the prophet of the restoration that brought forth the the book of mormon like why isn't there more book of mormon in here as well so I wonder if there's any 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 christian mainstream christians that have read this book and what their reviews of it are I mean it's Mm -hmm. interesting 
I wonder if someone were to pick it up, pick it up and read it, would they go, oh, I mean, would they have, would it have the same effect? Mm -hmm. That's a very great question. I have no idea. I mean, we barely pick it up as LDS. <laughs> I don't know about others. So. I sometimes wonder if they have more faith than us because they they don't have all the information. And then a lot of times they have, a lot of my non-member friends have seem, seem like they have more faith than I do. And um, one other thing I really liked was on number four, the angels move place to place by virtue of this power. It is by reason of it that they are enabled to descend from heaven to earth. And were it not for the power of faith, they were they never could be ministering spirits to them who should be heirs of salvation. Neither could they act as heavenly messengers for they would be destitute to the power necessary to enable them to do the will of God. Like, so I think I, for me, I think that even means you've got to have the faith here before you go to the other side or else you have to learn and grow that faith there to be able to be a ministering angel. Mm -hmm. I didn't, would never have thought they needed faith. I would just think that they, I don't know what I thought. This book has been like mind-blowing to me. Mm -hmm. Everything is because of faith. I mean, the yeah. cre creating, yeah. uh, just everything that we talk about, it all comes back to faith. Everything's done by faith. Good things, I mean. Not yes. everything done by faith. But the, hmm. Um, <clears throat> oh, and then uh, Elle posted in here for a thesaurus on, uh, is it the word saved or the word redeemed? Saved, but they didn't use redeemed in the thing, but that's how when I think of mm -hmm. saved, I think redeemed because we're, we're, you know, cleansed from all sin. Um, mm -hmm. That's what I think of. And it's, I can't remember now what the, the things were, but it means to be protected um complete or whole maybe i'm not sure i can't remember what it said that I, I was using a browser that doesn't stay open after you close it it just automatically closes so i didn't copy them but i can go copy i can go copy them so you oh, can yeah. see what they are i can click on it and give you an idea what it said yeah um i was doing a word search my mom had me do it on the word felicity like what is that in like Joseph Smith's context or whatever too? And I, I found that one a very interesting one. So it's happiness or rather great happiness. So again, kind of pointing back to like, what are, what's the difference between attributes and perfections? Perfections are just the perfect form of an attribute. And so felicity is the perfect form of, of happiness or more appropriately stated as the joys of heaven, that felicity is a joy that is experienced on the highest level here. I, I found that such an interesting. Um, yeah, where was that that was talking about felicities? That was. It was like toward the beginning, uh, uh, three years ago. Verse six. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm a little off. Felicity six. And it may have been earlier too, but it's, it says felicity and then felicities in, mm -hmm. in verse. Yeah, must act in order to obtain the felicities joined enjoyed by the saints in the eternal world. And so we have that there, but then that the actual definition felicities, um, the perfect joy that's or happiness experienced in, in that kind of a, a way. Well done. 
Um, so yeah, all of those synonyms for saved, I, that's very interesting. So we've got freed, released, rescued, uh, conserved, cured, defended, guarded, healed, maintained, preserved, protected, reclaimed, regenerated, safeguarded, salvaged, secure, safe, and unthreatened, saved from harm. Uh, that's an, an amazing list to like really kind of compare and um, look at at the the one you were talking about earlier, the redeemed. Uh, yeah. It's in yeah, there. I'm surprised they didn't put that in there. Mm -hmm, yeah. Redeemed, but it says regenerated, which means made new. Mm -hmm. So, and redeemed means to claim from, I'm not sure, I'd have to look up what redeemed means. <laughs> when you redeem something back, you, you get it back. Um, I don't know if it's better than it was before, but what, like you have a coupon, you redeem it so you get something back. So um, we become saved and we become back to the Savior. Um, we're redeemed through his atonement. Yeah. All of that. Yeah, that's an amazing list there. I always like to do word searches because it helps me understand it better. Yeah. Sometimes, we say, saved, sometimes we say saved, sometimes we say redeemed, and we say there's lots of different words, but they all mean similar things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been having such a fun time with word searches on, well, I've just all scriptures, but especially topical guide study. Like, <laughs> I haven't been able to wait very well. <laughs> I've been going forward and, and doing some of those, but holy cow, word searches and just really honing in on christ's attributes in in their totality and their perfect understandings of like man like advocate i keep telling you guys about that one <laughs> but it is an amazing word when we really dive mm -hmm. in and search it i can't i don't know if i want to wait until advocate i almost want to make like a video of like hey here's how to do some word searches and here's some like fun tools to uh do that with but <clears throat> It's amazing I mean, yeah. how just doing simple word searches and, and definitions help you understand better. Simple things like faith and grace and repentance mm -hmm. and, and saved and it just simple words, but it just gives you a clear idea of what it means. I mm -hmm. think, I don't know. It just, it's helpful. I mean, I did a whole write up years ago on faith and that was one of the first things I did was look up a definition and then synonyms for it and it's like really helpful mm -hmm. really helpful and then i took each letter of the word faith and wrote all the things with f that related to faith all the things with a that related to faith and i thought that i just yeah so you're going to love this book with the hebrew because that's the oh. exact thing that it does all the way through okay <laughs> is that one you're recommending for class uh-huh yeah um but i like a lot of it will like if you're on a, a budget or anything like this is the one that i said we'll share most of it in class um okay. but this book is an amazing one for um word searches and like breaking down the letters so like what each individual letter means in relation oh, cool. to word kind of a thing it, it's a very oh, nice cool. and that's for the first class or the second and third class um so like there's the two blue classes that are for seven weeks and so it's uh -huh. like, same class but um 
just at different times, whatever time works best for you. And then this one is the green class. So this one starts after the blue classes. Um, so we're this one starts in March. And this is oh, okay. at 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Okay, so uh, it's not till the third class then. Okay, in March. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay, so I've got time to get it. <laughs> yep. Got plenty of time to get it. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so for next week, um, if anybody has any final thoughts, we'll, we'll get to those in just a second as well. But um, for next week, we are doing uh, just like our final hurrah on lectures. And <laughs> it's a little bit of a downer, but we're going to make it an upper, right? So on Learning Zion, uh, go to the, the homepage and uh, click on the very last week 13 here. And uh, I can email this out to anyone too, if, if you have troubles with, uh, with the website. But anyway, it's this um, dialogue journal article here. And it's called The Lectures on Faith, A Case for Decanonization. And so, um, what is it, seven, it's just basically six pages of kind of the history behind that specific point in time when it was decanonized. And um, anyway, we're just going to be kind of fleshing that out, the, the good, the bad, the ugly of the decanonization. And um, we'll we'll open it up each of the groups for, for like testimonies on lectures on faith after we have kind of our uh, discussion on decanonization, it's just going to be kind of like, I don't know. I envision just kind of a testimony meeting, whether it's lectures on faith very specifically, or just kind of like the book clubs and, and stuff. Um, I kind of planned that out before, <laughs> before we decided to come back up. This was going to be my, my last hurrah thing, but um, anyway, just kind of what has, how has lectures, impacted you and and what has it motivated you to do like what's your testimony of faith and and working by faith i mean i i know that we kind of do that on a, a weekly basis but anyway that's kind of the game plan for for next week uh that, that little article as far as homework and then we'll talk about that and open it up for testimonies but yeah any other questions comments or or otherwise that sounds fabulous cameron <laughs> I love it. Love a good testimony meeting, right? Yes. <laughs> well, we've all grown so much together. At least I have that. I think it's so fun to share and just like see each other's progress and like it's just so awesome. I just love all of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Love every minute of it. I'm I glad you all convinced me to keep going. Even I see you've been so quiet tonight. I've missed hearing your voice. Oh, she's going to stay quiet. <laughs> she's just smiling at you. <laughs> Who is? Oh. No. Yep. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so have a great week studying and, and everything. And we'll catch you back next week for our, our final round before we head into topical guide. It's going to be a fun one. <laughs> All right. Have a great weekend. Good night. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you.